0: On the first podcast for the year, covering literally the first seven days of the year, the cutoff story, the story we won't talk about, is a story I would love to get into. Alvin Kamara fined $5,000 for red and green cleats in Vikings game Friday, the first of the year. We posted that one. That, of course, happened on the big game happening on Christmas, but Came back again. It took a while for them to get the fine in, and while for us to get the story posted. And you guys responded to it well, but not quite well enough to call it a top ten story. So we'll get to the stories that you said were most important here, going from ten to one. Also, going into the story we call the almost irrelevant story of the week. That's the story at the very, very bottom, and it's at the bottom because it's usually very, very late. And spoiler alert: the number two story this this week is a big time story or i should say lots of big time stories so we'll explain how super stories work when we get to that one and there'll be extra commentary because we're going to talk about that one and the number one story which may make you hot or may not we'll get there and we'll get to that here on the weekly wrap-up with jay Cleveland Payne for the week ending january the 9th 2021 and welcome to the show. My name is Jacob Cleveland Payne. This show is called The Weekly Wrap-Up because it is a weekly wrap-up of news stories that were published inside of the feed, a part of The Conversation Project, found at thisistheconversation.com. Now, what we do at The Conversation Project is we try to find the best stories and best news articles, the best things to talk about, and you tell us why they are the best things to talk about and what exactly they are. We don't. Focus on Wolf Blitzer or or Jonathan Capehart, who I love his new show, but it's not about what he thinks are the top stories. It literally is about what you think they are. And so how we do this is we put them out there every 50 minutes or so on Twitter and Facebook. Look for us online on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and Facebook search for this is a conversation. We're the blue speech bubble looking thing. When you see those things, make sure you like us on Facebook. Make sure we're set as a default in your feed so you see us more often. And then just as you do your normal social media stuff, maybe you're backing away because of what happened this week, like us, love us, hate us, respond to the stories that you see in the headlines throughout the day. The higher engagement rate a story gets, the higher score it gets. We literally take the score from midnight on Friday to about 5 a.m. on Friday, put them into a spreadsheet, and we take the Twitter and the Facebook and we put them all together. And then we have one big true score. And from there, we rank them. Top to bottom. Top means this is number one story of the week. Bottom means number 200 this week. 200 distinct different postings. Although we'll get to a little bit later how that's not exactly how it works out. When things come up to be ties, we'll talk about in a second, the story that is the youngest that got their first gets the higher spot. When things are basically updates to things, we'll put them together so they don't take up so much space, and that usually moves them up quite a bit into the numbers. We have, spoiler alert, two super stories like that that got moved up because it combined and one tie we will explain how to break those in a bit but that's all the basic stuff about how this thing works out make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you've just now found it we are basically anywhere your pods are found and you want a full listing of a click to go go to our website this is the conversation.com this podcast powered by you so that same website this is the conversation.com click on the partnerships bump banner and you can find a way to help us keep things going. If you don't want to be a full time partner, if you see any ad inside of any of our our platforms, any of our products, that being our daily newsletter or Friday's week newsletter, the podcast right here or things on the website as well, you can click those link. And it's an affiliate link. If you like what they have and you they take care of you some way, we get a little cut from that. So we do appreciate all you do to help things going right there. And of course. The best way you support us is to make sure you are subscribed, share it with other folks, and talk to me about what we're doing. Good, bad, yay, nay. Email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. So, without further ado, let's get to the story that's listed at number 10 this week. At number 10, the headline we posted Texas head football coach Ton Herman has been fired. Saturday, the 2nd of January is the day we posted this one with a bump in response. That means this story had more response than the previous story. They cut off at 11, also a football story just ironically, by 6.17%. What happened? Well, pretty simple. He got fired. Tom Herman was fired as a head football coach of the Texas Longhorns. Let me read from the story because we, we, it got really, really interesting really quick. Steve Sarkeesian, a former head coach at Washington and USC, who is coordinating the nation's number two scoring offense this season at Alabama, is expected to be named the new head coach at Texas, replacing Tom Herman, multiple sources told Horns247. Herman, who has a $15 million buyout for his final three years of his Texas contract, was notified by Texas on Saturday that he wouldn't be retained as coach, sources told Horns247. Erman went 32 and 18 in four seasons at Texas, including a 7-3 record this year in which the Longhorns got off to a 1-2 start in the Big 12 play, causing the school's top donors to put pressure on UT's admit administrators to pursue three-time national champion coach Urban Meyer beginning in October. Now, Obviously, Urban Meyer's not going to that job. Sources or rumors have him going to some other things. Uh, so they didn't get the big coach that they're shooting for, but they got rid of the coach who didn't do too bad. Tom Herman going 7-3 and three in a COVID year is not necessarily a bad, a bad thing, but it wasn't college championship-level stuff. So they're taking Steve Sarkeesian, who has got – His hands tied right now in Alabama's game on Monday because he, of course, was coordinating for Alabama. And they're in the game on Monday, the national championship game. But he's got a new gig. It's basically done. And the early part that I would say, we had was that Steve, well, not so much as Sarkeesian was being hired. That was the update from Horns 247, the source, obviously. But that Tom Herman no longer coaching at the University of Texas. We have a lot more Trumpy stuff to come. Trust me, we have a lot more Trumpy stuff to come. But this story uh, is a standalone by itself Trumpy thing. So we put it by itself and it came up as number nine this week because you said so. Posted on Tuesday, the 5th of January. The story has a bumper response of 22.09 percent from the 10 story. Our headline we posted was this lawyer quits firm after supporting Trump on phone call seeking to overturn Biden's win in Georgia. Our source for this is CNBC, but, of course, all over the place. It's it's amazing that it seems like we've gone a full decade uh, in one year for 2020 and a full decade in one week in 2021. Believe it or not, it was just last weekend when we were talking about the phone call. And that was President Trump talking to the Secretary of State of Georgia, asking, begging, rambling about getting him to overturn the Georgia election and pull it in his favor. Just literally saying, like, basically, dude, you know what? These people want resolutions and you can do that. And the secretary of state saying, well, sir, we really can't do that. Now, the lawyer in question was a lawyer that was literally on the phone with Donald Trump as this went on. That lawyer's name is Cleta Mitchell, uh, a partner with the firm of Foley and Lardner. Um, basically the firm investigating her involvement with Trump, uh, in the call and essentially because of, you know, some people have consciences and have to deal with the consequences of stuff. She resigned back down from the whole thing, part of the blowback of what was going on. You can get more details of the story by going to our website. This is the conversation.com. Click the link for the podcast, which is forced the week ending January the 9th, 2021 We have a link to all the stories that we talk about and even the ones we don't talk about. Stories going from 11 to 200 or 199 this week. Uh, You can see them all by going to the website. There's a link to all the stories, not just a full link. Well, you'll go to the website. You'll find it. You'll see it. It's it's right there for you. We have a tie this week. Two stories that were posted literally the same day came out with the same number of responses. And so the story that is the younger that got there first it's a story that gets top billing. That's number seven. Uh, one posted around nine in the morning. One posted around four in the afternoon. The 9 a.m. story rubbles like this. Sandra Lee starts cleanse after gaining 30 pounds last year. Tuesday, the 5th of January, we posted this one. Bump in response of 51.483%. So that many more people cared about Sandra Lee and her cleanse. Now, this is an interesting story. Um. It's essentially an infomercial for the cleanse that she uses. We won't go into that. If you're curious about it, just search her because it was all over the Internet. This story literally was everywhere. We pulled it from uh, MSN's um, aggregator because we, we found it. And like we, like I say often, I've got to fill 24 hours worth of stories, So it went in there and someone actually replied. A few people actually replied in various ways, basically asking, why is this a story? Why does anyone care? Um, some people reply back, well, basically it's just an infomercial type thing because she's basically talking about the cleanse she used specifically. And I got some great response for the fact that I actually responded to people on this one, uh, essentially doing my Miocopa. I've got to fill a story every 50 minutes. That's, uh, that's six stories every hour. and, And that's just how it times out for every 50 minutes. And so if I'm on track, there are usually about 230 Thirty different stories posted within the time frame that we a lot uh, we trimmed them down in some cases as well, but we have to fill this thing up to see what comes out. And the only other explanation I have is, I literally went and searched it when people were talking about this, and this story was everywhere. It was on basically everybody's website. So sometimes I post things that seem kind of silly or sometimes I post things that pop up as trending that I don't understand. And sometimes I just post random things that just look like, hey, I got to fill it with something. I have not seen this yet. And they take off. People care about Sandra Lee because she's the uh, cooking lady. She's a lady that chunks a bunch of wine while she's cooking on TV. And she used to date a governor of New York, um Cuomo. Yes, she used to date him for quite some time. In fact, we had a story a few weeks back about her selling the house she used to live in with Cuomo because people care about that type of stuff. And that's why Sandra Lee was posted. That's why you guys deemed her important enough to make number eight. Now, not quite important enough. Well, I guess just as important enough to make number seven, which is kind of ironic. But because they're exactly the same number of responses, the reason why number seven is one spot higher is because it was posted, as I said, around four o'clock in the afternoon on that same day, Tuesday the 5th. This one a much more serious headline. No charges against Kenosha police in Jacob Blake's shooting. The bump in response, as we said, because it's tied with number eight, is five fifty one point four three from the number nine story. Let me read you from the story, the source we pulled from USA Today, because this one is a a heartbreaker. And we want to make sure you get the actual gist of it, not just me rambling about it for a few moments. The Kenosha, Wisconsin, police officer who shot Jacob Blake in August will not be criminally charged. Kenosha County District Attorney Michael Gravely announced Tuesday. Neither the officer who fired shots, Rustin Shinsky, nor any others will be charged. Gravely said during a Tuesday news conference. Gravely said his decision was based on evidence that could not be seen on cell phone video of the incident, which showed Chesky shooting Blake, 29, as he got into a vehicle with his children inside. Blake, who was shot in the back, was left paralyzed. The video, which was widely shared on social media, sparked protests, vandalism and arson. A jury would be required to examine the evidence from the officer's point of view, Gravely said. It is Inconvertible, that Blake was armed with a knife when he was shot. Incontrovertible. Sorry about that. And that's in air quotes. Uh, gravely said he described it as a, quote, razor blade type knife, unquote, and said Blake admitted possessing it. You can go deeper into the story by clicking the link at our website. This is conversation dot for this week's podcast. Week ending January the 9th, 2021. Almost slipped on that one. Or you can basically search this story because this is a large, huge story that was posted on Tuesday that was obviously overshadowed by things happening on Wednesday. We will get to that in quite a bit. Uh, but this one was a big deal. Email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com to chat on this one. we got so much stuff to cover that I don't want to get bogged down just in time wise. But this is a story that deserves more talk, deserves more thought about it and unpack it. Because um, of the year we had last year and what was at the time the beginning of the year, what we saw going forward. We obviously have bigger problems in America right now. Not like this is not a big problem, but we have bigger problems that must be addressed, at least at the moment, as opposed to these things that sort of stew like this story here. At number six is our first super story of the week, and super stories are where we have a headline that when we look into the higher ranks of the stories and we put updates to headlines that essentially are the same thing, we put them together so they're not just sort of mingling around. It usually moves things up slightly, and this is one where the, the headline, the top headline, was essentially right where it was based on just how things rolled out. Is a combination of three different stories because this it's been that kind of a week. The final headline that we're talking about here is Tanya Roberts dies at 65 after premature death announcement posted on Tuesday, the 5th of January, as well. Bump in response from the 7 8 tie of 10.69%. Now, what exactly did we do? Well, we posted the original announcement of her death over the weekend and then we posted the announcement that she wasn't actually dead the next day. And then we posted the announcement that she was actually dead the day after that. So the original announcement coming on the weekend, which had all sorts of hashtags, including RIP Midge, because Tanya Roberts, of course, known famously known for playing a Bond girl back in the 80s, reviving her career um, for that 70s show as playing Midge on that 70s show. And people were showing their respects to that. We didn't get a lot of word about what the deal was, what exactly happened. And the weirdness thing was one of, she went into the hospital, her rep went around saying that she died because her boyfriend believed that she was dead. Boyfriend found out she wasn't actually dead, but was in very bad condition. Her rep while talking on a, on a TV show found out literally live on TV. She was alive and was kind of like a thank God thing. And then basically with the next, uh, 12 to 16 hours she actually passed so our actual heartfelt condolences go out to Tanya Roberts her friends her family her her boyfriend the people that worked with her because of the loss of because of her loss of her life there but it was a weird story for what was turning out to be a very odd week as it was going on and that was only Tuesday it got a whole lot weirder 24 hours from that event at number five, the story we got from the New York Post this week, at least our version from the New York Post on Tuesday, the fifth as well. Very busy day on Tuesday. Like I said, getting weird. A bump in response to three point four one percent from the story at number six. The headline is Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are getting a divorce. Now, we don't actually know that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are getting a divorce. These are from those sources who always pop up in these things. But the sources say she's done. And the sources also say that Kanye is kind of burnt out on the Kardashians as well. Kanye wasn't all that keen with the literal lifestyle that was always being recorded via the nature of the reality star's life. And Kim Kardashian wants to go to law school. She wants to fight crime and and fight for injustice. She wants to be this big name player, essentially following in the footsteps of her father, you know, the OJ thing notwithstanding. But she's got this albatross that is uh, Kanye West being Kanye West. So we're not sure how real these things are. And of course, Kim Kardashian married one semi famous guy that didn't work out so well. Uh, this guy, really, really famous, and that's not quite working out so well. We will see how this thing plays out in actuality going forward because. The revolution will be televised or live streamed or something. But in the meantime, we hope the best for the two, the couple, that they find some resolution because we love love and for the kids because they don't need that sort of craziness. Although they'll be able to afford plenty of counseling going forward. At number four, another football story, oddly enough. Tom Brady threw several shovel passes to Antonio Brown at end of game so that Brown could cash in on 250k bonus. <sighs> Read that through times fast. Monday, the 1st of January, the day we posted that one, bump in response from the Kim Kardashian Kanye West story of 10.99%. This is a quick one, a quirky one, but showing that Tom Brady is a team player and if even if the team does revolve around Tom Brady at the end of a meaningless game on last Sunday, at least for Tampa Bay, they were in the playoffs and their spot was essentially clinched. Antonio Brown was three passes short of getting a bonus. So what happens late in the fourth quarter, literally in the last couple minutes when they realize what was happening? Tom Brady's still out there playing. The game is meaningless. Antonio Brown's out there playing. The game is meaningless. They're winning because they're winning. And so a couple shuffle passes, three to be exact, just out to Antonio Brown to add to hit the money and literally hit the money a 250k bonus 250 thousand dollars bonus went to Antonio Brown because Tom Brady was a doll in this case. So for those haters of Tom Brady, here's one less reason for that. Although there are still many other reasons to keep hating him if you already do, and I'm not going to push you off on that one. This one, another sports story, but a basketball story and an interesting story in itself. Here we go. Your headline reads, Boston University Terriers, Holy Cross Crusaders, do both wear masks during Tuesday's basketball game. Monday is when we posted this one, the fourth day of January. Bump in response from the number five, I'm sorry, number four story, Tom Brady story, 154, 154 for 6%. This one was a big one. I'm going to read you from the story, uh, and then I'll slightly go into the details. This is one I thought I'd have more time to talk about until the number two, the debacle happened, because uh, this is one is a really, really big deal. Boston University and Holy Cross both wear masks for Tuesday's men's college basketball game, a Boston University spokesperson told ESPN. The game is believed to be the first in men's college, ball, college basketball this season in which both teams will be wearing masks on the court. Stadium reported Monday morning that Boston University had mandated that all of its opponents wear masks during games on BU's campus. The Terriers and Holy Cross also play each other on Monday, but that game is on Holy Cross's campus, meaning only BU will be wearing masks during the game. And Patriot League canceled non-conference games this season. So Monday's game will be the first of the season for both Boston University and Holy Cross. The Terriers and Crusaders are scheduled to face each other six times this season. The only Patriot teams to play non-conference games were Army and Navy, which were eligible because of the service academy's exemption. Okay, this game happened at two p.m. on Saturday, On two p.m. on Tuesday on ESPN Plus, and so the big real deal on this one, I have to say it quickly because there's not so much time for everything else, is the fact that the biggest uh, knock for athletics being played right now is that we're asking everyone to wear masks, and athletes are saying they can't wear masks. Big deal for the for the NFL in the last couple of weeks was the changes to the rules because so many people were essentially not, not just not following it, was the fact that while players on the field obviously not wearing masks, uh, coaches and all uh, non, all personnel were supposed to be wearing masks on the sidelines. That turned into a big thing that turned to more enforcement. But now all players, anybody on the sidelines, are wearing masks. So a player, as soon as they take off their helmet and sit down, is handed a mask or grabs the mask they have in their, their little pouch or whatever and has to be wearing a mask to whatever effect going on in uh, while the game's going on, while they're not in the game. That was a football thing. Basketball, the argument is they can't run up and down the court with a mask. Well, many colleges are doing it, and here's a case where both teams will be doing it as mandated by Boston University. I think it said Boston College in my rambling, so apologies for that. Boston University. What do you think about that one? email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and we can chat this one up because this is one I really want to talk about a big deal. I'm a big basketball fan, big deal on this one, but the next story is going to take up so much headspace. It'll probably drive you as insane as it drove me as it happened real time. So we're going into the super story. That is the debacle that happened on Wednesday. Here's the main headline that we're using to mark the place of what happened. Capitol goes into lockdown as Trump supporters breach barriers and clash with law enforcement, while Congress debates election change challenges. Business Insider is the place we got this, but yeah, it was everywhere. Wednesday, the sixth of January, two thousand twenty-one, another date that's gonna live in infamy. This story gets a bumpy response from the three-story. Of 9.53%. Like I said, however, this story was basically at number three. The reason why it's at number two, and what's what's weird about it, the top story was, was weird about it, is that we combined that story plus five other headlines that were within the top 20, 25, so they wouldn't just be floating around there to see what would happen. The other headlines include, woman shot dead after armed Trump supporters stormed the Capitol as lawmakers gathered to certify Biden's win. World leaders condemned scenes at U.S. Capitol building. Trump cabinet members discussing involving 25th Amendment, sources say. The update to the story on the woman being shot, identity identity of woman shot and killed inside the Capitol confirmed U.S. Capitol. A lot of reading. And... MSNBC's Joe Scarborough drops F-bomb, calls for arrest of Trump Giuliani after Capitol mob. Those all posted within a a day or so of what was happening there. So basically Wednesday it started. These other stories posted uh, basically between later Wednesday and Thursday. I don't think there are any Friday stories. I cut off the the date when I copied the the information for the actual stories that were there. But six stories combined – Move this story from being number three, um, and there's a there's a lot of space because of, of, of the big jump from from the four to the three, basically 150 or 154, 155 percent from between those two. There was plenty of space in between there, but the six stories combined only jumped this story up by another 10. percent When we get to the number one story, it's you, you won't be you won't be shocked why it's so high, but you'll be shocked just the 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 sheer amount of volume you had to get past to get there. So let's talk about this for a second. I was literally out of words within a few hours of watching this. Um, My good friend, my good, my good friend, um, my good friends, I'll, I'll say from the in the black podcast, actually uh, big O and the, and the true there actually went live a day early and had an extra episode of In the Black Podcast uh, to talk about this, essentially watching it in real time and saying, we got to talk about this now. And that's just one group of folks that I was watching in real time. I didn't get a chance to really get into the show because I work on Wednesdays producing some radio stuff, which we got into that on the radio show there. But many people literally watching what went down an insurrection, a group of people, Americans literally looking to overthrow the country by overturning an election result as it was being certified. Members of Congress having to run and hide from a angry mob that didn't know what exactly was going on. People showing up with guns and Confederate flags And zip ties and restraining devices. People loitering through the halls of Congress, sitting in um, seats of power, graffiti in different places, acting a fool. And most importantly. Live streaming and doing selfies of them doing very, very stupid things, as you'll see, probably coming up in next week's podcast, when we talk about stories that are posted now. Various people who literally outed themselves live on the Internet are being arrested for doing something that, in all practical purposes, is extremely stupid. And their defense is that the president told them to do it. And the president's defense is, well, people really shouldn't go do things like that. And the flip flopping and all the crazy stuff. What I have said, and um the reason why it's so big that um Big O and, and the um in the Black Podcast cover this is I believe on my very first uh 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 my very first time being on their podcast, uh we were talking, I was trying to do my my personal development thing because I was trying to shift out of I'd basically gotten fired from, from from radio and was trying to shift out of the news stuff and trying to do more of the personal development stuff. And the like my, my big thing was Donald Trump's going to be our president. What do we do about it? How do we survive this? And and I said, there is no way, no how, all those people who work in government for reels, for life, who will be around whenever Donald Trump is gone, are going to let this man do something so horrible that it will tear the nation apart. There are enough checks and balances that all these people who are power hungry, that want to be president sometime themselves or want to make sure that things work out, for themselves, won't stoop to any stupid level stuff that Donald Trump would do. And they did. They allowed him to do this. They allowed four years of this nonsense and craziness. And the really weird part is 70 million people or 7 million people at whatever, Almost half the nation who voted, 7 million people, they believe that this guy was good enough for a second term. If what happened this week isn't the final proof, with two weeks left in your job, that you're not qualified to do a job, then I am. At a total loss. I don't understand what's going to happen. And there are people who still want him to change the numbers so he can be president again. And if not, run again in four years. If being bad at your job isn't enough to show how bad you are at your job, but literally inciting a riot for people who don't have enough common sense to realize what they're doing, Is what they're doing. And then trying to explain it away. One guy got fired because he got caught on camera. Walking around with his badge from work on. How. Well I won't say how dumb dumb that is. There's people a lot more dumb than, than that. Social media. Right now is a complete cesspool. Of just insanity. And. We have to blame ourselves for that. We allowed this. And the answer is not to pull ourselves off of social media. It is to do better and be better and to do better and be better than those who refuse to do better and be better. There is so much I want to say about this. And ironically, the story at number one is going to roll into this as well. But there's just people who do not understand how to act like Proper human beings and polite human beings at that. There's just basic stuff that you should be that you should know to do just to stay out of trouble. You can have all the evil, mind-numbingly crazy thoughts that you want to have. As long as you don't let me know that you're having those thoughts, I don't know you're having those thoughts. If you want to out yourself so I know that you're the racist, you're the ignoramus, you're the guy I don't want to be around, that's great. I love it. But if you don't, I'm going to let you live, let you be, let you do. You are free to hate me as much as you want to. As I say in these things, this is not a podcast about being black, 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 black. Because I don't I don't view the news and the information and the way this is presented as being blacky black, black, black. Well, when things come up that are race related, as obvious as some of these things are. They have to be addressed. We stop. We pause. We make note of it. And right now there are seven million people who voted for a man who doesn't care about anything but himself. To the point that he would incite a revolution, incite a riot, incite an overthrow of a government because he's afraid that when he's no longer in this spot, he's going to jail. That's it. No one has to do analysis. He, that's what he, he knows this. He is up for so much backlash and trouble because he's a horrible person. He is a horrible person, and there's no denying it. And for some reason, people are ready to give him not only a pass, but to essentially help him along the way for a little piece of power. Not peace of mind, not even total safety, because wiping out your enemy means you're safe. Just being in charge, just having some power, just having some sway, just being able to say you are better than them or to keep saying you are better than them. You're not going to be able to convince these people that something was wrong, that something was unjust. Or actually, they believe what's happened to them is unjust, but what happened to them is just process. Process worked. And you move on. You reload. You regame. You come back for the next one and try to do better. And chances are, I mean, total honestly here, this is my total honest opinion. Joe Biden, too old to be president. Kamala Harris, I was not going to vote for her. I did not vote for her in the primaries to be president. I'm not exactly thrilled that she's lined herself up to be the president, essentially the line to be the president, the person to be the next president if Joe Biden only goes one term. I'm not keen on that at all. But this is the game that we play and this is the person that they put up and going up against someone like Donald Trump. Not that Joe Biden isn't qualified to handle business, not that Kamala Harris is not qualified to handle business. They were not the choices that I wanted. But over Donald Trump, they are infinitely, infinitely better, infinitely better than what we have right now and what we're dealing with right now. And we've got less than two weeks And people are wondering if this crazy guy is going to start firing off nuclear missiles. Because he just doesn't get it. Six combined headlines made the story where it is. Super story. But the top headline was essentially in the same range anyway. So we would have been talking about it regardless. But because it was such a big story this week, I'm spending a little extra time on it. We usually don't do extra commentary on stories just throughout the, throughout the lines because it's how the podcast works. But I wanted to get something a little bit extra to make sure the gravity of what happened this week was, you know, what little point I have in the internets to kind of mark my spot in this. I want to make sure that people know directly how this works. I mean, people, people question, sometimes question where I go with things because I work in conservative talk radio, so I work with people who are shouting the nonsense on the other, the other side that, hey, maybe these folks are actually just Antifa trying to cause trouble when the superstars of the right-wing movement are the ones on camera live-streaming it. Literally, a state representative who just got elected a couple weeks ago is out there running around showing that he's a part of this deal. An elected official is out there trying to overthrow the government. This is big. This is much bigger than me. And if I had a bigger platform and more time to kind of process it, I'd probably have something more eloquent to say. But I just wanted to make sure that this got on the record from my point of view. And hopefully it was something that that makes sense. That, you know, some, some... This podcast is recording the way I do this. Sometimes it gets a little lost and crazy in translation. And I I apologize at times for not being as focused as I need to be or not as prepared as I need to be. But I do appreciate everyone who keeps pulling into this one and this this weird notion that it's not all about the top stories or the stories that network news has on all day long, but sometimes going deeper into things that mean a little bit more because they're more closer to what people say. But this story this week, uh, this like this thing, like I said, this thing had me out of words within a few hours and I was just I was at this point done. This is not the hundreds of officers standing on the Capitol steps while Black Lives Matters walked down the street. This is not the National Guard tossing tear gas to clear off a peaceful uh, protest that was pretty quiet. Um, to make sure the president had safe passage to walk across the street and take a picture with an upside down Bible from a church that was, of course, um, that picture, that photo op was, of course, condemned by essentially everybody, including the military that was used to clear the streets. But let's move on to the story at number one and number one. Always get specific fanfare for being the top story. And this is a story that we need to talk about as well. Sunday, the 3rd of January is when we posted this one for you guys to see, and at least this version we have. Bump in response from the number two story, 58.08%. Bump in response from the number 10 story, Tom Herman being fired from the head football coach spot at Texas. 934%. And the bumper response from the story at number 200, we call that the almost relevant story of the week. We'll tell you what that is in moments. This one is more responsive than that one at the very, very bottom by 29,566%. Your headline at number one this week. Soho Karen, Maya Ponsetto, 22, was arrested for refusing to leave a five-star Beverly Hills Hotel while drunk with her mom, Dash, months before she attacked Black Boy, 14, over her stolen iPhone in NYC. Why is that title so long? Well, because we pulled it off off of one of the British tabloid uh, websites. Uh, the Guardian. And they do that. They do those really long intros uh, when you go to their websites and pull their their information. So sometimes when we post those stories, we shorten it, we rewrite it, we take a headline from a other source, and we use that source. But we just pull that whole thing because it explained the entire situation in one headline. Now, about two weeks ago, the woman we're calling the Soho Karen, her name is um, Maya Poinsetto, uh Accused a black teenager at a New York hotel of stealing her phone. That's it. Black teenager. Hey, kid, give me back my phone. You've got my phone. I don't have your phone. You've got my phone. That kid has my phone. Get me back. That happened. Caught on camera because these things are caught on camera. Later to find out that the phone was lost in her Uber. She didn't even come in with the phone. But there's some kid wandering around when she realizes her phone is gone, and that kid stole her phone. Her Maya. We found out later in the the, the scenario, or specifically this week, that a few months back, she got into a um she got into a, a little altercation of such at a big deal hotel back in Beverly Hills while hanging out with her mother, just just in family, um, and actually got arrested for refusing to leave the area. Disorderly conduct. She's 22. She's 22. She's acting a fool, just all over the place, apparently. This happened, you know, months ago. So she has a record of just being a rabble rouser in general. Maybe she's distraught over her phone being lost. That's there you go. But to essentially assault another person and who happens to be a young black kid because he was there when she realized her phone was gone. Is an issue. Now, what we're not going to address right now. We'll maybe address it next week. if It pops up. She's actually been arrested for this incident, and she was arrested hours after they aired an interview with her and Gail King. Who, for some reason, gets a whole lot of crazy people to talk on the record in front of cameras uh, about this thing. It, 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 and, and, and watching her doing the interview. If you've not seen the interview, look for that. And we'll see if that pops up within the top ten next week. Of her just being dismissive of just life in general. And just uh, of, of black people in general. And Gail King, who's right there in front of her. And having her lawyer present, who, of course, looked like she really, really wanted to kill her client at the moment and wearing a hat that said daddy for some reason. There was the influent, the influenza kid from a couple years ago, a kid who killed people in a car accident, but was given a lighter sentence because he was so spoiled. That. The judge determined or the judge determined based on the court, based, based based on the lawyers, the judge determined that based on how the lawyer was playing the case, that the kid was so screwed up and did not quite understand how the world worked. He had so much influence that was kind of sh- thrown onto him. He was so sheltered that he could not understand the gravity of taking responsibility. And he got a lighter sentence for it. Put that with this. Put that with this case right here. A 22-year-old, air quotes, white woman, is using privilege, and as a lot of people in commentary have said, weaponizing that privilege on purpose to get her way, and to just accost people and get out of any responsibility. She lost her phone. She accused the first person that she saw of stealing it because he fit a profile that maybe he would steal a phone. And we're supposed to let her go. As we said, she was arrested for the altercation. Would she be arrested if she didn't put her hands on the boy? I don't know. But this is a person who deserves to be shunned for the rest of her life. Whether she will be. I don't know whether she will me a copa. I don't know whether she will actually come to terms with just how horrible of a person that she is. Those words I just said. And her heart will grow three t- three sizes one night and she'll be a greater person. I don't know. But so whole Karen. And a lot of the Karens and just people of just assumed privilege and the privilege is assumed mostly because of skin color and perceived, uh, perceived reality of people who don't fit that mold need to go someplace, need to go someplace far, far away and realize that we the collective we, not the black, 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 we, but the collective we of the world just want to go to work, come home, hug our kids and watch a little Netflix. We don't need all this drama. We don't need all this angst, all this strife. It's not worth it. We are one week into 2021 and this is the nuts insanity that we're dealing with. So there you go. This is our top story of the week. And there's the commentary for two stories, making this a very, very heavy episode for this week. So let's do what we can to wrap things up. But before we get to the almost relevant story of the week, which is a sad one as it is, and in another case of my childhood literally falling apart in front of me, let's talk about the numbers, the engagement for this week. Top story this week on the Soho Karen took engagement numbers of 13.04%. That means 13% of all the responses from everything we had this week went to that story. On top of that, the number two story was 8.25% of all engagement, which is very, very much out of place, very, very much over the top for the week. So what we have, the top 10 stories this week took 44.48% of the engagement, about 45% of all the stories that people touched this week, We're in the top 10. Now, normally that number is somewhere around 30 and not 45. So that tells you just how big the stories were this week. And they were slightly overinflated because of the big super story number two, but that didn't really make the big difference. It was just that much impact for the stories, the numbers for this week. Oh, I got so into stuff. I've got to tell you what things going on. Uh, The top Twitter story is normally the top story because Twitter runs the gamut this week. Top Twitter and top Facebook story was the number one story. It took leaps and bounds on both social media platforms, which is why it was such a large uh, gap between it and everything else. Facebook, Facebook needs some help this week. Only 10.96, 11 percent, basically, of engagement on Facebook, which could be better, which means 89.04, basically 9 percent of engagement on the other side for Twitter, we like more Facebook engagement that if that happens, that usually means the numbers are higher. Numbers are more or less where they are normally are. So we appreciate that. The almost ran stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10 took up five point eleven percent, which is normally about what the stories that aren't quite there take up every single week. And the story at the number bottom, number bottom, number two hundred at the bottom this week. Taken up point zero four percent, which is actually slightly high Normally about .03%, so there you go. There's a trend. Your headline for this story, Marion Ramsey, Broadway and Police Academy actress, dies at 73. We pulled this from People.com and was posted on Friday, the 8th of January. So the main reason why this one is a very low ranking is because it got posted so late into the numbers, not a lot of time to gain traction. Not much chance of this one gaining much traction for next week, but it was in range to so far to be out of range, which is why we're talking about it now as the almost relevant story of the week. Here are some lines from the story from People Magazine. Broadway and Police Academy actress Marion Ramsey is dead. She was 73. Ramsey died in her home in Los Angeles on Thursday morning, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Her management team at Rogers Paul, Inc. did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. Quote, Marion carried with her a kindness and permitting light that instantly filled the room upon her arrival, Roger Paul, Inc. wrote in a statement obtained by THR, the Hollywood reporter. The dimming of her light is already felt by those who knew her well. We will miss her and always love her, the statement included. The actor is best known for performance as Officer Laverne Hooks in the Police Academy film franchise beginning with 1984 film Police Academy, starring Steve Guttenberg, Kim Cattrall, and G.W. Bailey. She went on to reprise the role for Police Academy 2, The First Assignment, 1985, Police Academy 3, Back in Training, 1986, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, 1987, Police Academy 5, Assignment, Miami Beast, 19, Beach, 1988, and Police Academy 6, City Under Siege, 1989. I will say that Citizens on Patrol, the 1987 version, my personal favorite. Ramsey was also known for her Broadway performances in shows like Hello, Dolly! and the Los Angeles production of The Little Shop of Whores. She appeared in the production of Miss Muffet and Bette Davis, as well as Harold Prince's Grind and Ubeel according to THR. The actress was born in Philadelphia in 1947 and began acting as early as 1976 when she appeared in The Jeffersons as Tracy Davis and landed a recurring role in Bill Cosby's sketch comedy show Cause, according to Essence. The story goes deeper into this one, so you can go deeper into all the things she's done by going to our website thisisaconversation.com, click on the link for this week's podcast, that's of course week ending January the 9th. 2021 and you can go and see a link to every single story we had posted this week, not just the ones we covered click the link of the week for the website and you can see every story. So you can kind of basically gauge what stories we did not get in because of arrangement. Yes. If you want to check out what's that story number 75, 123, or 87, you can see on your own, but for us, Even though it's been a long one, we are officially done for the week. Thank you so much for joining me for another week of recapping stories and for doing most of the work for me. That is telling me what stories I have for script. We tell you every single week, as much as I love me some Anderson Cooper, he does not tell me what to talk about. You do. You go to your social media and you respond to what we're talking about either on Facebook or Twitter, as you engage in the stories, liking them, loving them, hating them, sharing them, being involved with the stories every 50 minutes we post them, the higher they get engagement, the higher the score they get. Facebook, look for us at thisistheconversation.com. Click on the blue speech bubble thing. And on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Email the show at theconversationinbox at gmail.com and let me know what we can do better, what we should just stop doing, and what we're doing pretty good right now. Conversation project. This is the conversation.com. And this podcast, the weekly wrap up with Jacob and Payne, is powered by you. That means we need your resources, we need your money. If you don't ask, you don't get. So we ask if this is something that is quality entertainment for you. Check out our website, this is the conversation.com, and click at the partnerships link. And if you feel up to being a partner, find a way to partner up with us so we keep things going. Keep the lights on, if you will. Also, click on any link you see in our products, whether it's our newsletter, it's inside of the feed every day or at the website. Those are affiliate links that allow us a little piece of what you buy. It costs you nothing extra. And it, like we said, keep things going. But the most important thing you can do is make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and sharing it with other people who are into the news and want to know what stories are the real conversational stories, not just what's stuck in the Chiron as the top stories that never really break. They just keep on bending. That's a horrible joke, but you, you get the gist of it. Some things get missed out in while you're watching cable news or watching the mainstream media or watching what you're being told are the big stories. Sometimes the stories aren't so big, but they're a lot more heartfelt and conversational and you'll get a chance to see them if you tune in with us and follow us on our feeds. Once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of the community, being part of the gang and giving me something to talk about. This does not happen without you. You literally give me the script and then you respond to what the tops is and make sure that I am keeping things On the up and up. So, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for joining us for another great week of a podcast. Even if it wasn't such a great week out there and great week of news, we are already gathering things. As we said, 24 hours a day, every 50 minutes, we're posting something out there for you to react to. So, we are literally working this weekend to prepare for things. You will see what happens, what stories we already have, and what stories to come we'll be talking about next weekend in the podcast. So, until next weekend, I'm Jay Cleveland Payne, and this has been the Weekly Wrap-Up. We will do this again in seven days.